Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Do it. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I tweeted at KLV 106.3 the following. Small wonder, good show or great show? Vince tweeted, blocked. <laughs> oh, man. Good. Good I'm not getting Vince. a lot of support. I'm not getting a lot of support for my... My love of the show, Small Wonder, and Vicky the Robot Girl. But again, Stone, this is the sucky part about you being latched on to me here in your radio career is I I am demanding your homework is to watch a full episode of Small Wonder and report back, preferably tonight. And similar to homework when you're in school. (laughs) You're going to cheat? You just dread doing it. Oh, yeah, okay. And you're going to procrastinate. Or procrastinate. Procrastinate. I knew I was going to fumble that That homework really paid off for you in South Fork. (laughs) Procrastinate? Yeah, and ask me how much homework I did Uh in college. Uh Yeah, a lot. A lot. (sighs) Study hall. Everything. So Exhausted my resources. I'm just really stunned that nobody has come to my defense of the show. You know what's weird, though, is this conversation, I think it came up from a weird place. I think it made people uncomfortable. I made them... Uh, that, realized truths about themselves because the the conversation about small wonder and how much I liked the show came off of fun girl characters. When I was growing up, I watched Small Wonder, the robot girl. But all this came from, hey, it's probably better off if you don't find the character Wednesday attractive. You can find Jenna Ortega attractive, even though it's kind of weird. Me, thirty eight, being like, oh, that twenty year old, what a hottie. But at least it's more acceptable than, ooh, the character Wednesday, high schooler. How hot is she? Yeah, like, and- that's not good. That's not good. But I have a feeling when I said that, there were some people that heard that and were like, uh-oh. And now they haven't been able to, like, turn their brains back on. Yeah. Guys, I'm not judging you. I'm just giving you I- – I'm, I-, I, am, I am I'm trying to guide you. Yeah, and a part of that conversation, which you neglected to put on the air, was also what I said and said I'm banned from watching shows like iCarly. And Victorious, which you're probably not even aware Victorious of. Victorious, that's, that's young Ariana Grande, Boca native, right? Boca native? Ariana Grande's from Boca? Yeah, you didn't know that? I didn't. There's footage, of her, there's footage of her as like a six-year-old singing the national anthem at the Panthers game. Oh, wow. Okay, now. But wait, noted. Wait, how, long, how old was that show? So that show is oh, 2010, 2011, right? Ariana Grande's probably 14. Got it. But I'm banned from watching them from my own girlfriend because it's creepy. I'm a creep. Interesting. You know what, though? I actually don't think Jess's is on the wrong track there. Okay. I, I don't but, necessarily but you, do no, either. No, no, no. But, but you know what, though? You're, Ariana Grande, I think, is older than you. Yeah. Uh, right, now, actually, uh, I actually think that Jess might be on the wrong track then. Okay, good. I appreciate it. It's, it's different when you're like me growing up. Okay. Britney Spears. Hit me, baby, one more time. The legendary video, okay, with her wearing the schoolgirl outfit that captured the attention of the world. I mean, looking back, that's as creepy and as uncouth as could possibly be. How old that was, was she? her big breakout. She was 16, 17 when that video came out. Jesus dressing, Christ. Dressing, putting herself out into the world for men to salivate over her as a 16 or 17-year-old in that schoolgirl outfit. Like, looking back... That's not a good look. But me, I'm younger than Britney Spears. I was in my formative high school years when Britney Spears had that video come out. So me watching that video today and being like, damn, 
Britney Spears is hot. It's okay because it's age appropriate to me. Right. Right? That's key. So if I was 14 years old right now and I was like, damn, Wednesday's hot. That's one thing. Yeah. But 38-year-old me with Wednesday out, new show, high school character, I can't be like, damn. It's not good. That's not a good look, and that's inappropriate. But it's more than appropriate for me to look back and be like, damn, Britney Spears, that Hit Me Baby One More Time video, man, what a hottie. Because I, I was 14 when that video came out. Yeah, kids. There's, uh, there's, there's like rules and levels to this entire thing. There definitely are. Kids right now in today's day and age are going through that with Millie Bobby Brown. Right, they're they're yes. kind of hesitant. Well, including Drake, including Weirdo. Drake, including Drake. He right? crosses lines over and over and over again. That guy has no boundary, and he's going to get himself into trouble at some point here. And he's You're not been just friends with a fifteen-year-old Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> Weirdo. Like Drake is seriously weird, and maybe it's because I'm angry with him betting on FAU and being the kiss of death part of it in the Final Four. But that's weirdo behavior, right? Like I'm not on an island with that. No, not at all. Not at all. Like, oh, I get relationship advice from Drake. Dude, Drake, you got to cut that off, man. Yeah, but he's waiting. Okay, well, I apologize. He's not waiting for her to be, you know, uh, of age, but he's waiting for it to be like, hey, you know, like she's got a boyfriend and this and that. It's still weird. It's still weird. If Uncle Drake? A, if, there is, if, there is a, if there are girls, not my daughters, who are like coming to me, they're like 14, 15 years old, and there's 38-year-old me. Drake's in his 30s, right? He's well into his 30s at oh, this yeah. point. I, and they're like, oh, uh, Ken, I need some rela- relationship advice. You know what's weird? That. <laughs> and that's what Drake's been doing with the, the star of Stranger Things. <laughs> I, it's just weird. All right, whatever. Ken LaVega live here on ESPN 106.3. Tweeted us at KLV1063. You can tell college basketball is over because, man, we are we are going anywhere. Anywhere. Uh, so I, I believe that Scott in Jupiter has a little bit of an issue with what? My college football blue blood? That's right. Where I say take out Florida State. Maybe. But Georgia shouldn't be the team that boots Florida State. I think Michigan maybe gets in over Florida State based off of the the list we read. Let me go back to that real quick. Let me go back to this list because this is what sparked this blue blood college football conversation. Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, USC, Florida State. I think Florida State is iffy. I mean, it's so iffy. Um, It depends. I think that might be a little bit of a fan preference. I do think Michigan maybe deserves to be in that spot. You brought up Georgia. I think Michigan deserves to be in it over Georgia, and you're letting recency bias of recent dominance seep in. I would argue Clemson would be more deserving, potentially, than Georgia of getting in. I think there's at least a discussion. Let's go to Scott in Jupiter on Ken LeVica Live. What's up, Scott? Hey, Ken. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. You must uh you must uh be recovering from Michael Jordanson Coro or some kind of tequila that it's something still has mm-hmm. some something residual residual <laughs> effect. Hey, hey listen, Clemson, I'm an old man, I'm fifty eight. Yeah. I got Nebraska, Oklahoma, Ooh, yes. Michigan and Texas all over Clemson. Clemson is a recency theory, my friend. He's they haven't even been on the map for the last, except for maybe the last 10 years. A blue blood to me is somebody that dates back to maybe the 60s or 70s. So, you know what, I, I gotta, Scott, you're right. Yeah, yeah I, I am man enough to admit 
you are totally right. For for me to say, oh, maybe Clemson over Georgia, and then completely ignore Oklahoma and Nebraska and all those schools, yeah, that's a bad job by me. Well done, Scott. You're 100% right on that. 100% right on that. So he didn't have Georgia? Wasn't even going to ask? No. I'm a little stunned that we're not putting Georgia in the blue blood category. Uh, again, Georgia recently has come back to fruition, and they've won their titles, and they've been dominant. But I still think that Michigan has a, a more profound brand and they've got more national championships than Georgia. And I mean, we just came off of, of a face full of Herschel Walker for like seven months. Like, by the way, I feel good for him that he's now been in a spot where he doesn't have to talk in front of cameras any longer. I felt bad for, like, that whole thing with Herschel Walker, we talked about it on the show. That was just like him being a show pony, right? Like, yeah. that was totally unfair. Almost unfair. It, it, it was, he was a puppet for people that had ulterior motives, and his, his reputation will never be the same. Yeah, Georgia football. Good times. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Kevin in West Palm. I'm Ken Levick alive. Hey, Kev. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's going on, man? Great show. Listen, I don't have a top five in Blue Bloods, but um, is it valid to put the Miami Hurricanes football team in that Blue The Hurricanes are definitely in this conversation, and they don't have as many championships to claim as Georgia does and as Oklahoma does and as Nebraska does. They've got their five titles, but what they do have over them is that they are still, despite mediocrity, the enduring brand of college football. I would argue that brand is more prized than Alabama. So unequivocally, Miami, I don't know if they're in the Blue Blood top five. They're not in mine, but but you can't argue including them in your top five. I think that's a great point, and that's a bad oversight initially from me. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. You guys have a great one. Kev, appreciate you. Yeah, I, I, the Canes are totally – but the, the Canes are a blue blood program because they haven't, they haven't really done anything close to winning or being in a championship conversation for 20 years. But they check the box of cultural they relevancy. They do, because that brand and what they were and how they changed the sport of college football and then the success they've sent into the NFL, that at least puts them in that conversation. Totally. Uh, more than any, to me, more than any other team yeah. in college football. I think that's the strongest point for putting Miami on the list is the guys they put into the NFL and what they did in 2000, 2001, like that little era right there, I think makes them a blue blood more so than Florida state, right? If we have to kick someone out of the list and put somebody in, yes, you're going, yeah, I, I, I will say, I will make this declaration. That's a great point. And I was going to go there and you beat me to it. Miami is, I don't even think a question. Miami is a bigger college football blue blood than Florida state. Put a period on that. Miami is a bigger college football blue blood, no matter the the metric, than Florida State. Yeah, because Florida State's not even in this conversation if Bobby Bowden's not around, or if they just don't have one of those names that they can cling on to, or because you know they're not known for having guys in the league. Obviously, there are well, hundreds are. of, but when you think of, but not quite the impact that, right. that a Miami the right. Miami players. That's what I meant. Made. Right. Um. Yeah. It's. Like Florida State's in the conversation. Miami's more so in the conversation. Miami does, deserves to be in a top five blue blood college football conversation, though, than, than Florida State does. 
Kendall Vick alive here on ESPN 106.3. We'll continue to take your blue blood list, but uh, I, I wanted to, you know what, we are, this is called Nance Law. We are contractually obligated every time we discuss the Masters, and by the way, it is Masters Week here on ESPN 106.3, but Nance Law dictates that you must play the Masters theme every time you discuss the Masters uh, on any radio entity. I don't make the rules. Jim Nance, though, is so omnipresent and powerful that when he speaks from his 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 pedestal from up high in his backyard where there is a mock-up of the the tenth tee from Pebble Beach. Um, you have to follow suit or else legal ramifications could come. So Stone, if you could, so that we can legally discuss the Masters, please, the CBS Masters music. Thank you. Stone, you texted me something earlier today that I chuckled at. I'm going to read the following. I'm going to have you explain. Okay? This was from 10:11 a.m. here on this Tuesday morning in South Florida, and Stone texted me the following. Masters stuff. Is this the biggest <laughs> golf tournament of our lives? To which I replied, "LOL, why?" Stone, why do you think the Masters this Masters, not any other Masters, but this Masters is the biggest golf tournament of our lives. Our lives as in my life as a 20-year-old, your life as a late 30-year-old, my father as a 55-year-old, mm-hmm. my fake little brother that is 12 right now. Like This is the biggest golf tournament of our lives. Come Sunday around <laughs> 6, 7 p.m., golf uh, will never be the same. Okay. Ever since we date back to, I don't know, 1690, when they were swinging balls and hitting them with sticks, whatever, wherever golf originated from, I know it goes way back. And then there was golf. And then there was golf. <laughs> this, like I said, golf will never be the same. When you have the opportunity for a live guy to come in and win, for a live and a PGA guy to come in paired on Sunday, like, I'm going to say it for a third time, golf will never be the same. What this means for the sport is so big. Viewership, it's going to break records. We know this. You think it's going to be the biggest tournament of our lives? Not the dramatic 2008 Tiger win at the US Open or the 1997 Tiger win at the Masters, which transformed the game of golf and started the greatest greatest, uh, run of winning we've ever seen in the sport. You're saying because there could be a Live versus PGA Tour showdown on Sunday at the Masters, it is the biggest golf tournament of our lives. The 2023 Masters will have ripple effects for the sport that honestly might not ever stop. And it's not necessarily that I think it's going to be live versus PGA. It could very well be six PGA Tour guys in the mix on Sunday, which then trumps the entire live thing. The biggest of our lives. Or there could be six live guys Ooh. paired up on Sunday that are in the mix and in contention and no PGA Tour guys. And then we're left with a million Questions after that. Where do we go from here? Are we going to have 12 matches? Are there going to be rekindled friendships? Like, Brooks Kepka's won back-to-back on the Live Tour. I know you could give a damn, and I know most people out there could give a damn, but Brooks Kepka's coming in to a tournament that he's won before in the form of his life. Like, this, Phil Mickelson is back, and he's as skinny as he was in his college days. I mean, like, there are so many narratives, so many storylines to play off of in the Masters that we could do 
right. a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday show strictly on the Masters, and then people would not be right. bored. Here's what I'll say. Why is it not? I'll, yeah, answer Here's, me this. Why is it okay. not the biggest okay. tournament of our lives? Now that you lay it out, and I'm 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 concocting these. St- what what I'll say is I'll qualify it with this could be the most storyline rich Masters of our entire existence because of PGA Tour versus Live because of. The potential of a Brooks Kepka who's suddenly back in form, maybe being in contention. Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy. He needs a Paul Hunter. If 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 Rory McIlroy can stand up for the PGA Tour and win one for the Gipper. Complete the slam. Especially beat a Cam Smith or someone along Ooh. those lines or a Patrick Reed. Even better now, how juicy would that be, right? <laughs> but also, also, Tiger Woods, who earlier today met with the media... And Tiger, who who said the following about his future at Augusta, perhaps, perhaps this does put it over the top as maybe one of the most important because we don't know if we're going to see Tiger Woods again. Quick follow-up. When you're playing this course, does it ever cross your mind this could be the last time? Yes, it has. Um, I, I didn't know. I mean, last year was kind of a... Um, didn't know if I was, was going to play again at that time. Uh, for some reason, everything kind of came together, and I kind of pushed it a little bit, and I was able to make the cut, which was nice. And uh, Yeah, I, I don't know how many more I have in me. So the, just to be able to appreciate the, the, the time that I have here and, and cherish the, the memories. And so that is Tiger Woods, who certainly doesn't seem committed to being back at the Masters in 2024. Music again, so Jim Nance doesn't call the authorities on us, please. I want to make sure that uh, we're all kosher when it comes to Nance Law here on ESPN 106.3. Thank you. All right, now that you explain it to me, I'm not going to make fun of you for it. I don't know if it's the biggest Masters of our lives that was extremely hyperbolic of you, but okay, I'll give you this is the juiciest Masters since... Tiger came back for the first time since all of the um, uh, uh, adultery stuff. Well put. Okay. This is good. That's good. That's good. You're right. You're you're you are you're on the right track with that. So imagine with your pick, 2008, I believe. 2008 Tiger Woods U.S. Open. That's still the single greatest major start to finish that I've ever seen. And then, of course, there was the Masters of four years ago with Tiger. Now, imagine the tour divided in 2008, right? Just imagine the tour divided. You're going post that 2008 Tiger run. This is almost pre. This is somebody else's story starting here, and the tour is divided. The reason why I think it's eligible to be the biggest golf tournament of our entire lives is we've never been here before. This is uncharted territory. Like, we're, 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 we're in a time right now where the PGA Tour is not even interviewing these guys. Like we're waiting on the edge of our seat for the pairings for Thursday well, for the first round of the Masters that we don't even that we don't even know. Are you are you literally waiting on the edge of your seat for the pairings? I swear to God, I am. <laughs> I just I just looked it up. Uh, we're to, almost there. To be a twenty four year old sports nerd again, like Stone is, like I used to be. They're not out yet. They'll be out tomorrow. Today or tomorrow. Hang tight. I will hang tight. Hang tight. But I was th- hang tight to the edge of my seat. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll you with with just one butt cheek on the edge of your seat. Stone Lebanowitz is waiting, waiting for the Masters pairings. Do you agree with I Stone? I have pairings in front of me. Are they? Oh, they're out. Masters time, one twenty nine p.m. Eastern. Oh, they're out. Yeah. All right, let's do that when we come back. When we come back, Stone can now put both butt cheeks back <laughs> in his seat. The Masters pairings have come out. 
And my God, it's the most important pairings in the history of the Masters. Do you agree with Stone? This is the most important golf tournament in the history of the Masters or the sport. Is that what you said? Hold on. Let me double check. Thank you, Nance Law. The biggest golf tournament of our lives. This Masters, is it the biggest golf tournament of our lives? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. And again, 888-760-3776. Do you agree with Stone? This is the biggest golf tournament this year's Masters of our lives. 888-760-3776. Do we have Masters pairing Stone, or did you get... Did you get uh did you get duped? You I got duped, uh, didn't you? Ah uh no, I think I'm good. I think they're fresh. I think they're as of a minute or two All ago. Right, I will check to make sure that they're fresh. Am I a little nervous? Yes. Uh huh. He's still in the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. The Masters is gutless. The Masters is a gutless golf tournament. Gutless. Not only was Stone not duped by the pairings that just came out, he thought he got sacked at first. And I got ball sacked. No, 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 no. You made me think I got sacked. I know. I I had you questioning yourself. The Masters pairings are out, and they're gutless. There's no juice. There's no drama. There's no PGA versus Lib. Nothing. So my man Stone LeBanowitz sat here, put his reputation on the line for the last six minutes saying this could be the biggest golf tournament of our lives. And instead, the Masters came in and just said, here, here's your, here's your pairings, and so let's uh, let's everybody eat, have fun. Everybody have fun. Eat your pimento cheese and make sure to to sniff the azaleas. Soft, charming, soft, soft. I am furious right now. We'll get to the pairings in a second, as if there's anything to talk about. My God. Oh well, well, here's. Here's the beautiful greenery of spring in Georgia. Enjoy your Thursday through Sunday. Awful. You know what feels awful too? My joints. And the fact I'm getting old and I've got sun damage on the face and I got the bags under the eyes. It's time to fix that up. The Masters, there's no fixing that. I can get fixed up because I follow the science because I use the laser therapy at Quelliv. Q-U-E-L-L-I-V. Quelliv. Quelliv.com to make sure that you get signed up for your sessions at Quelliv. So for me, for me, the anti-aging, it's important. I'm 38 years old and man, I am looking every bit of like 45 at this point, okay? The face is a little banged up, a little ragged. If you want to keep your youthful appearance, if you want to fight off the, the effects of the sun, especially here in South Florida, because it will get after your skin. The laser therapy at Quelliv is perfect. Use their anti-aging, getting beneath the skin's surface. Those lasers restore a youthful appearance and a lasting radiant complexion. No needles, no chemicals. It's perfect. Body contouring. For me, I've still I've got this cruise coming up in June, Stone, and I'm looking pretty good. 
Yeah, right? You, you could go for a tan. I'm looking pretty good, but eh, I don't need a tan, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll figure that part out. But but I've got these pockets of fat on my back. I can't. Like, I've got abs. You can see my abs, but I still, the way my body's made up, I've got those the, the baby fat still in my back, and I hate that. Some love handles? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Body contouring, Quellev, they've got you with the laser therapy, tone and smooth troubled areas like the back fat that I've got without any downtime or pain. Pain management, because I've been working out so hard, got to look right for this cruise in June. Joints, muscles, a little sore. Good thing, laser therapy, Quellev, alleviate aches and accelerate wound healing without the pills or the needles. It stimulates blood flow, activates stem cells, accelerates your body's ability to heal itself. And oh yeah, you see this bald head? That's right, they take care of scalp rejuvenation as well. Those lasers are magical at Quellev. So many different things that you can get tightened up, that you can get fixed up, that you can improve with Quellev. Celebrities use it. Athletes use it. I use it. It's Quellev. Q-U-E-L-L-I-V. Laser therapy. It's just science, man. Quellev.com. Q-U-E-L-L-I-V. Check out their office right off of Flagler in downtown West Palm Beach. All right. So, so here are the master's pairings. And again, uh, sorry, Nance Law. Nance Law, please. Nance Law. We don't need, Jim's got some time on his hands while, uh, while he flies from Houston to, uh, to Augusta. This is when he catches you. Not using the Masters theme while you talk <laughs> Masters. Thank you. So, who's the face of the PGA Tour, Stone? It'd be Roy McIlroy. That's right, Rory McIlroy. I mean, He's the spokesperson of the PGA Tour. He's John been Rome. the one who has been most vociferously anti-live, okay? And pro-PGA Tour. He's been the mouthpiece for the PGA Tour. Rory McIlroy will play Thursday at 148. And you'd think, oh, Masters, how about this for a storyline? Let's put a live guy in there with him. Like, let's generate some numbers, some eyeballs. Let's go give the people what they want. Yeah, right after the women's college basketball national championship, he goes for 10 million. Like, you, you got to keep the pace. You got to match the vibe. Absolutely. Who is Rory McIlroy playing with? Tom Kim and Sam Burns. <laughs> Boring. But let's keep it moving. Dustin Johnson, what a player, former Masters champ, yeah, won yeah, yeah. the Live Golf Season Championship last year. Dustin Johnson unapologetically live everything that's wrong with golf. So surely we're going to put a big name superstar, maybe even former Masters champion from the PGA Tour with DJ, right? The Jupiter resident. We're going to do that, right, Stone? Because you want to get eyeballs on the product. You, you want storylines. You want buzz. You want juice. Dustin Johnson, 112 Thursday. Corey Connors and Justin Rose. Boring. Hmm. Oh, oh, I know. The guy who set off the entire live firestorm. Oh, man. Those Saudis executing people. Those are some bad dudes. <laughs> Went into hiding for six months because of his inflammatory comments as he was trying to circle the wagons for live golf. You, that would be Phil Mickelson. You got to give him a matchup, right? Could you imagine Phil Mickelson and Tiger together? Could you imagine Phil and Rory in the same group? 
Phil, who is going to bat for live and taking shots at the PGA Tour. My God, what a golden opportunity for the Masters. Phil Mickelson, 12-24 Thursday. Tom Hoagie, Siwoo Kim. Boring. I mean, for the love of God. Oh, oh, how about the guy? Mr. Mr. Body Composition himself. Mr. <laughs> Use Science to Build Muscle Drink Protein Shakes. Hit the ball as far as you can. The man who says, PGA Tour, you owe me money. I'm going to live. I can't shut my mouth. I rip apart my 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 club provider, the company I work with, because it's all about me. I'm unabashedly me. I'm Bryson DeChambeau. Surely, surely you would put a John Ron with him, right? I mean, you have to. A, a, a Jordan Spieth, a Justin Thomas. That's juice right there. That, that will bring the viewership numbers. That'll have you firing up the tablet Thursday. Bryson DeChambeau, 11.30 a.m. Thursday. JT Post and Francesco Molinari. Boring! Stone, this is awful. Can we do Patrick Reed's? Oh, Patrick Reed. Alleged cheater. Juicy. I don't want him. He sues everybody. Juicy here. Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. You know, it would be amazing. Rory McIlroy with Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed, who went to shake Rory McIlroy's hand in Qatar. Rory McIlroy didn't see him, so Patrick uh, Patrick Reed, who had sued Rory McIlroy just a few weeks prior, thought he was going to get a handshake from Rory. Patrick Reed threw a tee at him. T-gate. Threw a tee at him. T-gate. Man, wouldn't that be awesome if they were in a group together and pairing together? That would be great, right? I would tune in. I mean, that's big numbers. What? Who's who's Patrick? He has to be with Rory, right? Who's Patrick Reed with on Thursday? Canada's Adam Svensson. In the United States, Sahith Thigala. Boring. <laughs> Just keep hitting it. Keep hitting it. Masters, what are you doing? That is as bad as it gets right there. Again. Again. Please. Thank you. I didn't know that's what you were calling. No, that's fine. That's awful. I mean, absolutely awful. I mean, what a... uh... I went from being pumped after you described the storylines of the Masters to now feeling in emptiness in my soul. Yeah, yeah. uh, Fumbled, fumbled. Big fumble there from the PGA Tour. Or just the Masters in general. What what you're hoping for now is that pairings over the weekend are unavoidable um, with Liv versus PGA. You know what? Let let me put on my tinfoil hat real quick. You know what this is? This is the sportsmanship card being put into play, right? We were watching this, the Women's NCAA National Championship. The last thing you want on national television is guys smack-talking each other, guys it's being so disrespectful. Un- it's so... Un- but I'm sure the Masters is like, oh, this might turn into live, where these guys are smack-talking on the course, and there's bad blood, and oh, what are we going to do? It's so lame. I'm sorry. The way the Masters set up the pairings... For this year's tournament, at least Thursday and Friday, has me longing for how Liv would do it. Liv, Liv, as bad as Liv is, and as few people watch Liv and as dirty as it is, you know who would have hit a home run with the pairings with their biggest tournament if this was in their court? Liv. Yep. 
Boy. It's funny you bring that up because Live wants to be for the people and neither of us are advocates for the Live Tour or whatever. We, you know, we don't go to bat for anybody, but this is an opportunity. This is what all the fans are asking for. If you want to please everybody who absorbs, pays, watches, lives vicariously through your sport, you give the people what they want. They, they made these pairings, the Masters did, in fear. In fear. Absolutely. That is so gutless. When we come back, speaking of gutless, Vince McMahon who has just ramrodded his way back into the WWE. There's a lot of controversy. So a recap of WrestleMania and a what the hell is happening now with the WWE with our resident wrestling insider, Brian McLovin Rowett, host of GKW Good Karma Wrestling. When we come back, he's Stone the with Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Stone, you know what the Masters is? And I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with hutless. Gutless! Yeah. My God, they could not have gotten more vanilla, more boring in what could have been the most scintillating Thursday, Friday in the history of the Masters. Ugh. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. You see him on GKW, Good Karma Wrestling, across our social media platforms. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at B. Rowitz. He is not only our Las Vegas Raiders insider, he is also a wrestling insider here on Ken Levick Alive. It is Brian McLovin Rowitz. Uh, Brian, before we we uh, dig in here on WrestleMania, we got a couple of minutes. Um, Vince McMahon, is is he back or not? Uh, it appears as if he's back running creative in WWE, and this seems like it's not a good thing for WWE. Yes, he is 100% back. If anyone believes him, then, well, that's your own problem. He is back. It is going to be a Vince McMahon-led WWE Ugh. again, and... If you are a wrestling dork like myself, then, uh, yeah, it frees up uh, some hours of your wrestling watching each and every week now. I don't understand. So Endeavor, who owns UFC, buys WWE. This goes official WrestleMania Sunday, this past Sunday. Over the last three, four months, with Vince McMahon out of the picture, forced to retire because of all the transgressions uh, that have come back to bite him over the course of his adult life, uh, Triple H uh, takes over, and he's running creative. The numbers, the ratings skyrocket. Critical acclaim from wrestling fans and wrestling critics alike. Why in the world are they going back to Vince McMahon, who things only got better once he left? Because Vince was involved. He came back just to assist with the sale, according to him, and he probably spoke himself up. And if you're Endeavor, you know the name Vince McMahon, and therefore they don't care about everything else. They've sort of shown what they care about with, you know, who's running their other organization in the UFC and those harsh punishments that Dana received for his transgressions. They don't care. They know the name. Vince probably talked himself up, and that's where we are today. Could you just briefly give an overview of the Triple H successes when he was in charge of creative with WWE, what caused the TV, TV ratings and interest to skyrocket, and the failings of Vince McMahon from a creative standpoint? 
Well, I think the simplest form is Triple H brought back wrestling. Like Vince McMahon has always been sports entertainment, sports entertainment, let's do some other things. The rest like, oh, that'll work itself out. Triple H focused on wrestling. From a wrestling fan standpoint, on Mondays and Fridays, we were getting 20-minute matches between guys and girls that we know can wrestle. Vince, on the other hand, it's more about everything else. And, yes, that might appeal to the kids out there. That might appeal to a different demographic. But from a wrestling standpoint, that sort of passed Vince by at this point. Uh, how good of news is this for AEW that Vince McMahon is back? Yeah, I mean, they have to take advantage of it because for the few months towards the end when AEW was really getting hot and Vince was being Vince, all of a sudden everyone wanted to come work for AEW. Now, in the last few months, you got to the point where AEW wasn't the only place you can go work if you wanted to wrestle. It's become that again. So AEW needs to take advantage. They need to figure out how to sort of manage their roster because they have way too many wrestlers, and that leads to some people being upset. But overall, it should be good news for them. Watch GKW. Good Karma Wrestling, Brian McLovin Rowitz, across our social media platforms, at ESPN West Palm, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Real quick, how would you grade the two nights of WrestleMania before we wrap up here? Uh, night one gets a B plus to an A, night two, C, C minus. And then it set the tune for what was a yep. brutal <laughs> Raw last night. Awful. Uh, McLovin, appreciate it. Thanks for a little bit of that insight. I was trying to explain to Stone why it was bad that Vince was back and Triple H was going to be pushed to the back burner and you explained it perfectly. Uh, we'll we'll talk to you more as this unfolds, okay? Alright, sounds good. At least we get to make fun of that mustache now. Yes. Yeah, he, oh, he looks yes. ridiculous. He's like a Spider-Man villain. <laughs> That's Stone. I'm Ken. Yeah. Bye-bye.